Welcome back to Stumps. Snims is Oren Bryce McGain with you. Great to have your company. Plenty going on today. With uh, as I said, Bryce, it is one of the most wonderful times of the year because it's just cricket nonstop and uh, the WBBL. It is just been going gangbusters today. We saw another fireworks show from Elise Perry and joining us from cricket.com.au. She is one of the fine correspondents of the WBBL is Laura Jolly. Laura, welcome to Stumps and how are you going? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, I've got to, I've got to first off um, talk about Elise Perry because it'd be pretty remiss to talk about the WBBL and not talk about Elise, but another stellar ton for her. Once again, the Sydney Sixers are just being powered along by her, isn't she? Yeah, it's incredible. I don't think we've seen a player in this sort of form in the WBBL before. She's played six innings and scored over 400 runs, which seems a bit ridiculous, really. Well, when you're rolling out with an average of 209, <laughs> you, you might be making the opposition a little bit nervous. But her runs, to be exact, 58, 102, which we thought was amazing. Mm-hmm. She followed it up with a 74 not out. A 10, she missed out. Um, very well done to the opposition that time. But 72 not out and 103 not out. Um, you mentioned that there's been no one else in in that good a form. Um but that does bring a, a whole new level of excitement as well and uh, and interest in the women's big bashing when you have standout players such as Elise. Oh, it's just fantastic for the game to have these huge scores. And we're seeing teams pass 150 more often than not this season, which has never happened before. Uh, we had Grace Harris's century the other day. The run rates have gone up almost a full run this season compared to previous seasons. So it's just going from strength to strength across the entire competition. Laura, you've watched all the Big Bash forever, and uh, what do you think is the difference? Why is that happening now in in this uh, particular version in in Big Bash 4? I think this is the first summer since the players became fully professional. So they've been able to train all winter with their states as full-time athletes. So they're fitter, they're stronger, and they've put more into their games than they've ever been able to do before. And it's quite remarkable how quickly it's paying off. Well, Laura, one of the other things, too, compared to previous WBBLs, uh, most of the majority of these games are actually being played at the full-size venues. I mean, we saw the game uh, with uh, at Monica Oval yesterday, the SCG today. It's moved, like, obviously, North. don't get, don't get us wrong, North Sydney and all the ovals like that have been uh, wonderful servants for the WBBL and uh, great hosts. But now that we're on the bigger grounds, we're still getting even bigger scores, which just goes to show how much the quality of the game is just chipped up a notch. Yeah, and if you look at the highlights from Grace Harris's innings the other day at the Gabba, she was putting the ball into the stands. There were no short sixes there, so it just shows how much stronger they are compared to before. Another thing too, with uh, the double headers is something that uh, Bryce and I have talked a fair bit about. It kind of does help, uh, but also at the same time, it would be good to maybe see a bit more of a mix. Is this something that Cricket Australia had consciously sort of done to maybe keep the crowds there? Because, like, for example, tonight we've got the Renegades versus um, uh, versus the Scorchers, and then tomorrow we've got at the exact same venue the exact same game. Is that something that might change in the future? Yeah, it is a tricky one um, with the, the travel around the country, and they've been clustering matches around weekends, particularly in the lead-up to Christmas because mm-hmm. it's – when families are free, when kids can get along to matches. So they're trying to provide family-friendly scheduling and also put matches in a variety of different crowds, grounds around the country just to even take them to regional centres like Cairns and Mackay later in the year mm-hmm. just so new audiences have access to these teams where they previously hadn't. Laura, do you see any, any preference in maybe having – and they, they will do it a bit later on, I know, in January, that they're – 
the women's big bash will play before the men's game. Is that a preference, do you think? Or do you, do you think they've got that just about right as it is? I think next season we're going to see it become a completely standalone tournament. So we won't actually have any more double headers with, oh, wow. the, uh, with the big bash. It's going to be held in October, November next year. So it'll be completely on its own and hopefully get a lot more exposure when it's not being overshadowed by the men's tournament. Mm-hmm. But um, even in January, we'll see the women's big bash finals played separately from the men's for the first time, which is going to be really exciting. Well, we've seen, you know, this year alone, there's been so much uh, women's cricket and we've chatted to... Uh, numerous players. We, we chatted to Sophie Moloney when she was in uh, Kuala Lumpur. We've chatted to people uh, in the West Indies. There's been a lot of travel and a lot of cricket that sort of mirrors the schedule that the men have. Is this going to be something that increases or do you think the number is sort of just right? I think we'll see it increase a little bit more. Um, a big part of this has been the ICC's introduction of the Women's Championship, which mandates that Australia play the other seven top nations at least once every four years. So they're getting regular series against teams like Sri Lanka and Pakistan that they never did previously. And they're going to add another two teams to that championship the next time it rolls around. Mm -hmm. So I think we'll see the uh, schedule get fuller and fuller. But I think that's great for the players because they're full-time professionals now and they want to be playing as much cricket as they can. And you can certainly see that, that they're really thriving in that environment. You're saying they're full-time professionals. They love as, as much cricket as there is. Just swinging it back to the, the table with the, the women's big bash. At the moment, the top four, we've got the Thunder on top ahead of the Sixers on net run rate, the Stars and the Heat. Can you see that being a settled way? Or are you seeing that the competition's so even that anyone can beat anyone and some of those lower teams might very well jump up the table? I think anyone can beat anyone else on their day, and that's the really exciting thing about this competition. The two Sydney teams do seem to be the most consistent ones going around. I reckon we'll see them probably continue to occupy the top two spots. But the Scorchers have got Meg Lanning coming back today from that back injury, so Mm -hmm. you'd expect them to to start moving up the table with her back in the side. And I think we haven't seen the best of the Melbourne Renegades yet either. They're sitting towards the bottom of the table, but they've got a really talented team and you'd think that wouldn't continue for too much longer. Yeah, the Renegades have actually had a pretty poor run of, uh, like not poor run of form, but some poor luck because they had their game uh, in Ballarat washed out. Uh, There was, you know, there wasn't anything that uh, sometimes have just been outmatched on the day because as we've we've chatted to Sophie Molyneux, we've chatted to Molly um, Strano, like they've got... Quite a, um, not, there's, there's no one that sort of stands out. They all sort of contribute together, and it's one of their huge strengths. And to see the results where they are on the table at the moment really doesn't reflect the team. No, and they've only played four matches. So hopefully <laughs> when they do get out in the park a bit more often, they'll start getting some better results. And hopefully we see Danny Wyatt start making some big runs too. She's really the, the key member of that batting lineup, and they need her making runs if they're going to win some more matches. With Meg Lanning back uh, for the Scorchers tonight, that's also going to be uh, quite, um, it's a big boost for them. But at the same time, it's also asked the question, will she be opening? Because in her absence, Elise Villani has done a tremendous job, but she's also been partnered up by Amy Jones and Nicole Bolton's even quite a a good opener in in herself. Uh, Do you know where Meg's going to slot into the side at all? Uh, She suggested yesterday that she does plan to um, return to the top of the order. So I think we will see her opening. And probably just sliding Amy Jones down that spot on the order because I think you can't really argue against keeping Villani where she is right now with the form she's been in. Mm-hmm. We're also seeing the return of uh, Claire Kosky um, into the Renegade side. She was part of the, that um, heart-stopping last ball boundary uh, to get the match from uh, a couple of weeks ago. So that's a bit of a boost. And I know Maitland Brown is even uh, making her return as well. 
yeah, they're a couple of big ins for the Renegades. So hopefully they can just click. I think even their bowling, they've got a bowling attack with three Australian players in it, plus Strano. There's no shortage of talent there, but they haven't quite been able to click yet. So hopefully they uh, get that together tonight. One last one before I let you go, Laura. Uh, you were in, you're in the West Indies. You've uh, you saw firsthand uh, just how well um, all of the Australian women can perform, um, and no doubt you've been paying close attention to the New Zealand series and stuff like that. So we chatted to Matthew Mott a couple of weeks ago, and the fact that these girls won't play together until February is that a negative or a or a positive, considering the fact that they're all against each other now in the WBBL. I think they thrive off it. They um they obviously love being together. They've spoken a lot recently about how much they're enjoying their team environment at the moment. They're all really good mates with each other. Mm-hmm. But I think it is also they do enjoy getting out there against each other and uh, having a few of those friendly rivalries <laughs> in the WBBL. Well, uh, as we're really enjoying it as spectators and the fact that it's getting more and more coverage and uh, we're getting huge scores and Fans are flocking to it, and it was just great to sort of see the big weekend in Melbourne at City Power Centre and at Sydney too, and hopefully there'll be plenty more of that to come. But, uh, Laura, we've taken up far too much time on your, off your time on a Saturday, but uh, thanks for being a part of Stumps, and we'll chat to you soon throughout the year. Great. Thanks for having me.